This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Um, first of all, guests, if you're here for the first time, just want to welcome you. I'm Darren Davis, pastor, along with my wife, and an amazing team of, of leaders here at the harbor. Um, if you didn't grab one out already of the welcome bucket that went uh, around the room, or the offering bucket, go see, uh, we have workers at the Welcome Center, fill out a connection card. We have a gift, a gift for you just to say thanks for being here. We're so honored that you spent some of your Sunday with us and, and just really want to know you, want to know more about you, get connected. Um, the only thing that you're committing to when you fill out that connection card is uh, having Wendy and I over for dinner um, within the next 30, 30 days. All right. So, um, just know that, but, um, so glad that you're here. You know, people, man, Darren, I like your glasses. And then, you know, getting some different compliments. And then I had the couple of like, is that like old age that's bringing that on? No, I've worn contacts since I was 16. All right. I've worn glasses at night. All right. So it's not old age. I'm doing good. Um, but, uh, what I want to do is I want to just take a minute. We had, um, you know, Harbor Life Wave 1, which is a really, really powerful thing that we do here in our discipleship process here at the Harbor. It's, it's not just about, um, you know, positioning people for serving. It's, it's so much more than that. It's, it's assimilating people into the community by talking about who God is. And so we go through a series of classes, and today we finalized... Um, our Harbor Life uh, Wave 1 with what we call Partners Class. I, I said, this, we're not members here, we're partners together in the cause of Jesus, right? And uh, so we just had an amazing time with some friends in the back. So can we take a moment and give, just give a big hand clap for all those that have now just become a part of this community. You guys are amazing. I told them that, that, that I feel like, you know, this is, this is one of the most profound moments in the history of our church right now. And for those that are here for such a time as this, there's a reason. And we want to discover that reason. And we want to, it's not just about the outcome of that reason, it's about walking together in it. So we want to do relationship. And we want to know you. We want to, we want to do life together. Amen? For as long as the Lord would have us to be able to do that. You know, we, I was telling them in the back, we've had 10,000, over 10,000 partners come through this church in, in 17 years. And, we, and we've stayed by the grace of God connected to all of them as they've continued here. Or maybe mo- got moved on for whatever reason. Jobs or, you know, changes in life. And so we celebrate them. Hey, how many of you have enjoyed the furnace over the month of January as we took a time to prayer and fast? Incredible. So know now, first Tuesday of every month through the end of May, we are doing the furnace right here. So this Tuesday, actually at 7 p.m., we're going to be having the furnace again. Come hang. It's going to be incredible. And then we kick off Friday nights weekly this Friday. Come on, somebody. It's going to be incredible. And so just to let you know, we have childcare for zero to five-year-olds um, and we have a limit on the number of kids that can come into those classes, so get here early if you want your children zero to five to be signed in. And if you have your other kids that are older, just bring them and have them enjoy the meeting um, as long as they're not crawling on the stage. Can I get an amen? Uh, so, you know, it's, it's just going to be an amazing time on Friday nights. And then one thing really, really special that we're doing today 
is we're having a meet and greet after the service out as you walk out the doors of our small group leaders with, with some of you. Just if you're like, hey, you know, haven't really found a way yet to get connected, we have that through serving opportunities as, as well, obviously. But small groups are really a lifeblood of what we do, and we'd love for you just to meet some of our small group leaders. Not even necessarily because you might jump into their small group, but just to get to, to be known and, and have some conversation and so they can get to know you, all right? So awesome, awesome. Listen, I'm going to jump in this morning. We're still in the One Heart series. I want to tell you where we're kind of going here, though, as we move into the spring. After this series is completed at Lent, which is, which is a really powerful thing. We've actually never done this before at the harbor, but 40 days before Easter Sunday, um, which we have Good Friday right before that Sunday, um, the, the Lent is, is kicking off, and Lent is a time of 40 days of remembrance of when Jesus went into the wilderness. 40 days he was in the wilderness, and it was key to his ministry because when he came out of the wilderness, when he was brought in there to be tested, and we don't really understand what that word actually means, it means to be proven true. Actually, who he was as a son was gonna come shining forth in the midst of darkness, right? When he couldn't feel, he couldn't see his way, he was actually proven to be who he actually was. You see, a lot of times in our culture, tests are like, oh my gosh, you know, panic, anxiety, am I going to fail? No, listen, the test has already been uh, succeeded in victory, right? Um, now you've just been brought into it. God's already deposited his finished work on the inside of your life. He's just going to now lead you into spaces where he proves to you, not even to himself, he already knows that Christ in you is the hope of glory. And what he began, he will bring unto completion. But he wants you to see who you actually are. And so we're going to talk about 2020 vision, you know, in our next series leading up to Easter. But it's, it's how do you see in the darkness? All of us can see in the light. But how do you see when you don't feel God, when you can't see God, you look around and you wonder if he's really there 2020 vision. He's going to give you the capacity to be able to see that he's with you or hold on to that faith that's deep on the inside, even though you don't feel anything or know if he's even actually really there or moving, right? So it's powerful. It's powerful, but we're going to, we're going to look in today. I, I've loved the two previous messages, one by Brian, uh, last week by Julie. She talked about promise and purpose, and we're going to go a little deeper um, in that verse, let's turn there today, Jeremiah 32, verse 39. you got to understand, this is a promise from God. This is a verse that the Lord spoke into existence through this prophet in the Old Testament. And what we're going to do today as we look at this, we're going to just kind of just focus in on this question. What is worship? What is it? Is it singing songs on a Sunday, or is it far bigger than that? And then secondly, after we discover what is worship, how do we position ourselves to worship him forever? Because right in this verse, look what the promise and the purpose is. As Julie talked about um, last week, it, it says, and I, talking about the Lord, I, said the Lord, will give them one heart and one purpose. And here it is. This is going to be the focus of our time this morning as we, as we wrap up. It is to worship me 
forever. And when he gets a hold of a life in this way, it's going to be for their good and for the good of their descendants. That's going to be the fruit. You see, we're worried about changing the world. Oh my gosh, South Florida, this, that, and the other. And God's saying, listen, focus on what I'm doing in you. When I get you, that sets something catalytic in motion that can never be stopped that will ultimately affect everybody else. You see, every, we, right now, the spirit that, that, that is, is in the earth right now that I see is just trying to get people so distracted is to worry about everything else that's going on and then we take off the eyes off of what God's doing in us. So as he gets a hold of our lives, listen, it's a game changer. I gotta tell you this up front. We just had a meeting this last week with Church United, some of the leaders on that team, which if you don't, haven't heard about it, it's an organically organized move of God that's taking place across 450 churches in Broward County alone. And I was connecting with these leaders in a, in a, in a meeting the other week, and they had this, this agenda that we were going to go through. And we, we just, you know, we, on the front end of it was, hey, let's take some time to pray. And when we were in there praying, God broke out in the room. Now, well, Darren, is, doesn't God break out everywhere? Not necessarily. And I was in a room with a bunch of, you know, guys from all kinds of different backgrounds, mainline Presbyterians, Baptists, you name it, every denomination that was in there. And as we began to pray... A cry started to rise from the hearts of these leaders saying, God, we need you. All we need is you, Lord. You created the universe. And there was this cry that was saying, listen, our programs aren't going to get it done here. Our money in our churches is not going to get it done here. Our talents and our gifts in and of themselves is not going to get it done here. We need a move of God, Jesus. And they were weeping. And I thought in that moment, I was like, oh my God, it's totally on right now. Because it's happening. And they were all saying this, all leaders, they were like repenting, having a change of mind. Like, man, I've been, I've been upset with my people that they don't worship. I've been upset that they don't really, you know, aren't hungry for the word. And I was looking at everything else, and I, I wasn't looking at me. And I'm the one that needs to get changed because if I get changed, it's, it's, a, it's a catalytic reality that, that, that never can be stopped. You see, we're worried about other people being different, our husband or our wife or our children. Catch on fire for God yourself. Listen, all this is a bonus, so man, take it and just pull it in because this is what God is up to. This is what worship is all about. One life getting set on fire for God. Transformational change from the inside out. So, you know, what's the foundation? Uh, what, what's the foundation of, of, of what worship is really about? Because we talk about, man, Harbor, man. Harbor's known for worship. We are. But it's bigger than beautiful voices and great musicianship and even presence that we feel when people sing. It's, it's, it's a lot bigger than that. I want to answer that question. And, and I want you to understand what you're getting yourself into because this is the promise that you're going to come into. And it is a, a long promise. Forever. That's a long-term commitment. Would you agree? <laughs> you know, the last couple of weeks and, and, and such, I was with my son, Luke, our final uh, kid at home, and then we'll be empty nesters. Someone say praise the Lord. <laughs> We've already done a couple of boomerangs, Savannah out and back again, Jesse out and back again, but now they're both out. 
Luke is not going to get a boomerang, give me. Okay, he, when he's out, he's out. That's it. We already told him. When you go, that's it, buddy. We did it with the two first siblings. <laughs> no grace, I'm joking. But, but we were together because he's getting recruited for football and lacrosse. And so we had narrowed down 30 or so schools that were recruiting him. And we narrowed it down to eight. And we did this round-the-world tour. I felt like part-time Uber driver and uh, sports manager, you know, agent. At the same time, those two, I was vacillating between the two. And giver of food to my son who lives from meal to meal. Can I get an amen? All right? So we were on this trip, and, and, and with lacrosse, the lacrosse schools especially, there are all these private um, institutions that I never actually had ever heard of before. Very elite, very respected educationally, and actually have high, high programs athletically within the lacrosse space especially. And they were very, very old schools. Very, very old schools. So when I was at these, at these schools and, and actually thinking about what I was going to talk about today and, and this whole worship me for everything, that eternal thing kind of got on the inside of my heart because I was seeing these old institutions. I want to show you a picture of one. It's actually it's called Seton Hill University. It's in Pennsylvania. I want to show you the building photo of, of that. Um, there it is. And it's up on top of this hill. And I felt like I was... Uh, um, in Hogsward, you know, is that what it's called, Hogsward? Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. Harry Potter, come on. Can I say Harry Potter in church? <laughs> but anyhow, I felt like that was where I was at, right? And, um, it was, it was super cool, but I, but I, so I, when Luke's doing his thing, I'll like find myself in like museums on the campus, just kind of learning about, and, and what I found out is there was these, uh, these ladies, these nuns that felt this calling to educate a generation in the Lord. And actually this was, this was, um, this was indicative of actually all of the schools that we went to. I mean, all of them started in Jesus to educate a generation, to see a generation raised up by them pouring into their lives in Jesus. And as I was on this campus, I thought about eternal things because there were these row of trees. I want to show you this photo that these nuns that first started it planted. And this, this is not going to do it justice, but now they're just lining the road that leads up the hill to this place of learning. And the Lord in that moment, as I was looking at these trees, he says, this is an image of eternal worshipers that are laying their lives down to prepare a place for people to come into and be acquainted with who I am, with my presence and with my son. So how do we worship God, and how do we worship God forever? Quickly, I want you to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It's Paul, New Testament verse. He's talking about this very concept out of Jeremiah. And he, and he, and he speaks to the believers of Rome. Now, you've got to remember, Roman, the Roman Empire, it was worshiping everything else except for God. It was a total antichrist system. Do you understand? I mean, Caesar... The Roman emperor was the one who was to be worshipped. And so that's all they knew. They knew to worship him, all these other gods, all these other things. And he's trying to tell them what it means to actually worship. And he doesn't talk at all about singing. 
I want you to notice this in the verse. Look what he says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Now, by the way, he prefaces this verse with, man, talking about the beauty of who God is and his majesty and his glory, which he had come into, into an experience with. And he said, in light of these things, I, I, I implore you, I plead with you, give your bodies to God. It's a life transformed. And I, I find it ironic that, that he says, not your spirits or not necessarily your soul, but your body, the body that was formed out of the dust of the earth where, where brokenness and decay had come into the world through the fall. And he said, man, I'm going to do something so profound that your bodies are going to reflect me in the earth. Not just some ethereal, spiritual thing, which is valid, or not just us coming into some intellectual thing with our mind and our will and our emotions, but literally your bodies are going to respond, and you're going to give all of your body, the redemptive nature of your body, to this thing called the gospel of Jesus Christ. We were listening to this incredible message the other day, Saturday, and he was talking about freedom. In Jesus versus religious control. And he was saying how freedom is, is a very interesting concept because it truly allows you to be free, to make decisions for yourself. Where religious control, usually um, predicated by fear, never produces any life. But he said there's grace in the gospel for us in freedom to make the right decisions to actually reflect Jesus with what we do with our bodies, our souls, and our spirits. And he said people have been very confused over the years, you know, you know with the church because we talk like the Father, but we don't act like the Father. But that's not coming from some, okay, now what do I got to do to act like the Father? Let's go a little deeper here. Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Not all that you can do for him. It's out of a place of what he's done that your body responds, comes into alignment, is filled by grace to reflect the nature of Jesus in the world. Not the other way around. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This is what it means to worship him forever. You'll sing your songs out of this. You'll speak your messages. You'll touch people's lives out of this. A worship movement is a transformational reality and exchange because of Jesus coming to the earth that gets up on the inside of a human being and completely all alters the essence of who they are. Here's what I want to say as we wrap this up. There's a big difference between giving to the Lord, our bodies, and giving in response to what he has given. 
If you think that's good, listen to this. There's a huge difference between worship coming from our volition, as sincere and as passionate as that may be, versus yielding to his invitation. And we have to make these little adjustments if we're going to worship him forever. You guys are free to pass those out as I continue. Just don't get distracted because it's going to get even better. So let's think about our volition versus his, his invitation. Our volition, check this out. Lord, I give you my body. Responding to his invitation, Lord, I give you my body. There's a massive difference. Where is the emphasis? Is it on I give or you? So how do we get there? Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's perfect will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect, the, the kind that he will find acceptable. You see, if you try to do this out of your own volition versus through a response to his invitation, he's not going to find that perfect. He's going to find it very sincere, just like he did with Peter, but he needed a change to come in Peter's life to where Peter wasn't trying to do it out of his own ability. You see, power is perfected in weakness. That's totally different than the world. The world says, you be strong, pull up your bootstraps, and get on with business. God said, when you come to the end of yourself in his kingdom, man, there I will begin. So look at Jeremiah 32 again through another lens. I want you to see this. It's really powerful because maybe you never caught this. I call them the I will statements coming from God. There's four of them. And then there's a fruit, a fifth thing, grace, that happens out of the four I wills. Boom, it just came off the page to me the other day. Just like, wow, there it is. Number one, I will. Originating with God. Give them a promise and a purpose. It's not us giving God promises and purposes. It's Him. Before the foundation of time, before you were formed and fashioned in your mother's womb, God had something in His heart. And it has been being extended for eons that He's inviting us to come into. Second, I will. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Tanya talked about that. A covenant is a promise that cannot be broken. We're the promise covenant breakers. I mean, that's why God had to allow us to have divorce in our economy because we're, we're unable in our own ability to keep a commitment. So a covenant that is unbreakable comes and originates from God. Where are you getting your confidence as a worship leader? 
and your great plans for your life and your great commitment to Jesus or in His? Third, I will, I will never stop doing good for them. Well, Darren, I don't see God doing anything good in my life right now. Maybe you're flying blind, but trust me, His goodness is always at work. And usually it's on the backside of that wilderness where you look and you see that He was always with you. And He doesn't shame you or He doesn't condemn you for all the things you said against Him in the midst of the time that you couldn't see. Where is God? Where was He when I needed If he's so big and he's all powerful, why didn't he? It's a complex answer, question, isn't it? If God's so good, why didn't he stop Kobe Bryant's helicopter from crashing into the side of that mountain? You know? The answer is I don't know the answer to that question, but what I know is that love is love. Because it doesn't interfere and insert itself to control every circumstance. And it must be painful for things to have to play out. You know, I see a lot of stuff go down in the world, man, where innocent people get hurt because of someone else's decision. And we could focus on that or we could say, you know what, God? I'm going to make the right decisions in my freedom as a worshiper who has been consumed My life is going to be a reflection of four I wills that came to me so that I can fulfill a part by his divine nature that I will never leave him. Come on, close your eyes for just a minute. I want you to think about this. Like this life is short, right? But it's also a life of worship that will last forever. Where his plans and purposes will only become more clearer in this age and in the age to come. (laughs) His covenant will become more real to us in this age, progressively as we journey with him and in the age to come. His goodness...
able to make an open spectacle and display of death and hell and sickness and sin and the grave. You see, Jesus said, this is the covenant of my blood. This is my purpose for you. This is for you to come into relationship with me, an everlasting relationship. And I'm I'm doing good for you now, but my goodness is not going to stop on this cross. It's going to continue forever. And as, as you take me in, as you eat of me, and as you drink of my blood, I will put desire in your heart. I will put a fire in your heart that is otherworldly. It is is His super invading our natural. It is God coming to the earth, not just to to, to soil and to trees and to, to plants, but to humanity that was formed out of the dust of the earth. It is God's blood coming into the earth through the essence of our bodies. So I want you to to take and I want you to eat and then I want you to drink and I want you to remember what this whole thing is about that goes beyond some set list on a Sunday our music that we play in our cars all of that is beautiful but it's lives changed and transformed by the glory of God could you take, eat and drink
course of a generation.
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.